Hallelujah. Well, brother and uh, sister Wright are uh, out of town, out of the country. They're uh, swinging through uh, England and uh, Liverpool and a couple other places. So I want to uh, give honor to them. But also while we're doing that, I want for us just to take a moment. Let's pray for our pastor and his wife journeys that uh, God would keep them safe. Can you do that with me right now? In Jesus' name, Father, God, we lift up Pastor Wright and Sister Angie Wright to you right now. Keep your hand upon them. God, we pray protection upon them. We pray peace upon them. God, we pray that you would prosper their journey, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, let your peace be upon them. Let rest come to them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, your will be done, Father. Hallelujah. We love our pastor, don't we? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. An anxious feeling caused by our anticipation of some imagined event or experience. Let me try that again. Most of y'all were sitting down, so we're in the process of sitting down. I know it takes a lot of mind strength to sit down. So, An anxious feeling caused by our anticipation of some imagined event or experience. Fear. No man has ever lived without it. By most regards, Modern psychologists would tell you that fear is the most debilitating emotion that a person can have. An anxious feeling caused by our anticipation of some imagined event or experience. If you've never experienced fear, let me just say you're broken. You got wires loose. For real. Because if uh, you've taken a breath or walked in shoe leather, you've been in some situation where you had fear. Amen. Where you just couldn't, you just couldn't do anything except be fearful, full of fear. Amen. We've all done it. Anyone that says that they've never been scared. And uh, you know, where, where I'm from, you spell scared with a K. That's right. Scared. Scared. You've never been scared before. <clears throat> you're just, you're, you're, you're whacked out. I want to talk to you this morning about no fear. No fear. There are five common fears to every person. There is the uh, first and foremost is the fear of death. Or fancy word is the fear of extinction. And uh, everyone has experienced the fear of death. Anybody in here that you've never been scared for your life before? Raise your hand so we can all stone you. I'm just picking. Maybe somebody, but but for the most part, I'm gonna tell you just from my from my viewpoint, everyone has been scared for their life at one time or another. Maybe you were in a car wreck. Uh, maybe you you were. Maybe you've got enough wires loose in your head that you've gone skydiving or something like that. Uh, when when I was younger in college, when I was a young man's and in college, uh, one of my roommates owned a bungee tower and so that's free bungee 
Yeah, well, that's no big deal, but we were idiots enough. We would jump off the tower without the bungee because the thing was, the, the deal that you landed on was big enough that it was going, you know, it would hold you. Oh, I've, I've stood at the, the edge of that thing and just been like, Stu, you are crazy, but let's go because it was just, you know, the fear of death. You've also got the uh, fear of mutilation. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I'm apologizing for my voice in advance, but I intend to, by the time we're getting done, I'll probably be completely out of voice because I believe God is going to do something in this place. <clears throat> the fear of mutilation. <clears throat> so the fear of losing any part, precious part of our body, right? So this is where People that, uh, uh, anybody scared of spiders, bu bugs, snakes? Well, there, was a bu there was a big deal right there. You say snakes, everybody like, mm-hmm, yeah. Only good snake I know is a dead snake. Somebody said amen. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and it's going to be quick. One of, one of the great thrills... Uh, that I've had, many of y'all remember Brother Jeff Morgan that was here that uh, preached uh, several times. His son Colton uh, was battling, uh, has been battling some uh, severe health issues. And uh, over the course of that, they, they were actually in Arkansas and got to know them, got to know their family. And uh, one of the great thrills of my life was finding out that Colton was scared of bugs. And, and when I say scared, I mean like scared with a K. <clears throat> and uh, even to where, the, Brother Barr, you could just fake him out like, hey, you know, Colton, what's that, what's that ladybug on your back or whatever? And I mean, he'd just freak out, walk on air. And uh, I think a couple of times, I got a video once of them coming out of uh, Cracker Barrel and his brother had done the, uh, had done the fake out. And Colton had run out in the middle of some cars or something. But then once he figured out that there wasn't a bug, that's when the fun began on the video, when he turned on his brother and started chasing him. But uh, we've all, you know, we've all got a fear of mutilation, either by spiders or bugs or whatever. We just do it. Cats. Cats are evil. That's just... For Amen. They are. That's just mischievous wrapped up in fur right there. Fear of cats. I, I, I'm not a cat person, not really a dog person, whatever. But uh, there's also the fear of loss of autonomy. Self-control. <clears throat> fear of being immobilized or paralyzed. And that's where people that are claustrophobic comes in. Anybody claustrophobic? I know a few people, man, you, you get that. I mean, they get claustrophobic in a car. Tear something up because they're in a small space. Because they feel like they've lost control. or They've got this loss of autonomy. And uh, in one form or another, all of us that are Christians, amen, I'm going to preach a little while now, all of us that are Christians have, have battled the fear of loss of autonomy. Because the scripture says that when we go down in baptism, water baptism, that what we're doing is we're going down into the body of Christ and we are hid in Him. And when we become hid in God, we lose our identity. True spiritual growth is coming to the place to where that when I look at you, I don't see you, but I see God. Well, praise the Lord. I'm just talking about fear. But uh, you, we all battle the loss of our identity. And the more you grow in God, the more you're going to battle. And that battle is never over. I'll, I'll pull the veil up and let you know that uh, even Bishop Wright, last two, three, four, five years, he's been battling what God is calling and moving him into. And I've watched that. Several of us have watched that up close and personal. Uh, and it, that is a, that's a battle that's never over. 
It's never conquered. You, you win many victories, but the battle rages on. There's a loss of autonomy, <clears throat> loss of being yourself, loss of confidence that uh, comes about. Then there is the fear of separation. Now, this is where most of us, this is really where we, where we live. Fear of separation of where that we are rejected. <laughs> oh, I just felt like half of you go. Wait a second. I thought we were talking about spiders and snakes. Now all of a sudden you're talking about me and my feelings. I felt you. Most of, yeah, I don't know about that. We battle with a fear of separation. You do it. No matter, no matter what the exterior is that you put on, the fact of the matter is, is that when you get by yourself, there's no one there to talk to. You don't feel like praying. Let's just be honest. There's times that you don't feel like praying. There's times I don't feel like praying. You get to a spot and you feel like that everyone, everybody <clears throat> has abandoned you has rejected you. You start even reaching out on Facebook with your current status. Can't even find a friend on Facebook. Your family, your Facebook family won't even respond. What you're feeling is a feeling of separation, a fear of being a non-person, that what you want to be, you're feeling that sense of rejection. Maybe it was a, a dad or a mom or something, but every person has battled, every person has battled the fear of separation, the fear of loss, the fear of not being uh, part, not feeling special. Amen. Bunch of y'all are staring at me like, well, I don't know. Everybody, I'm going to just preach it like I feel it, without fear or favor. Everybody has battled. The fear of separation. The fear of rejection. Amen. It's, a, it's as real. <laughs> I almost said something else. It's as real as it can be real. And you never get past that. You never do. The older you get, I mean, you'd be a grand. I've watched it, you know, with, with uh, parents, with grandparents. And uh, they'll be trying to figure out who's the favorite grandparent. Yeah, that's what some, who, who was that? Yeah, Brother Lewis, ain't, he ain't battling because he's the favorite grandparent right there. Boom. <laughs> you never get over, you never get over that feeling of abandonment, rejection, that loss of connectedness. Talking to you this morning about no fear. No fear. Then last, the fifth category of fear is what is commonly referred to as ego death. Ego death. This is really the fear of humiliation. The fear of shame or any other mechanism of profound self-disapproval that threatens the loss of the integrity of self. We have all battled the fear of shame. Amen. I, at, at the very least, at this church, I ought to get it. We've had more teaching on, on shame than anyone. I ought to be able to get an amen out of everybody here that we have battled shame. And that is a battle of fear that you never get over. Amen. <clears throat> One, I'm uh, talking to you about no fear, K-N-O-W, because you've got to know fear before you can have no fear. Well, well, well. In fact, one person said that fear is the interest you pay on a debt that is not yours. 
I'll give you time to get your little book out on that. One person said, fear is the interest you pay on a debt you don't own. Because my Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. See, when you get born into the kingdom of God, one thing that happens to you is that you are released. You are set free. Everyone just do this for a moment and take your shackles and be free for a moment because when you got baptized in Jesus' name and God filled you with the Holy Ghost, you might not have been doing this physically. But in the spirit, your spirit was crying, Abba, Father, Father, I've been set free. I'm not who I was. Hallelujah. My, my, my. We've not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. See, the the Bible, the best that I can tell and understand is that the Bible talks about the spirit of bondage again to fear. Bondage literally here means slavery. You've, You've not received again the spirit of slavery. See, what you don't realize is, and I'm going to remind you this morning, was that before you got into the kingdom of God, you were a slave. Now, I'm not talking about Civil War times or none of that. I'm talking about before you were in the kingdom of God, you were a slave. It don't matter if you're white, black, orange, fake tan, red, whatever. When you were, before you got into the kingdom of God, you were a slave. But when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, He brought you out of darkness into marvelous light, into freedom. My, my, my. Well, He brought eight of us out of darkness. I said when He brought me out, He brought me out. I wasn't a slave to the things I used to be enslaving to. I got freedom when I got God. Hallelujah. I said the gospel is powerful. I said the gospel can pull you out of any situation. And every situation. It is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, he brought me out. He brought me out. You were a slave. I was a slave. We all were a slave. But when he brought us out, he gave us a choice. That you could go back into slavery again, into the bondage of fear. See, what happens is, is that when you are enslaved, That is what brings fear. Most people think that fear is the absence of faith. No, 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 no. Scripture doesn't, Scripture never teaches that anywhere that I can find. Fear is an emotion of a condition of your relationship with God. Fear is not a spiritual condition. Fear is an emotion. And whether you have fear or not, is mostly dependent upon where you stand from God, in relation to God. That's why Paul brought it out. He said, behold, we are the sons of God. Before he even talked about slavery and fear, he said, I want to tell you what the relationship is that I'm talking to you about. 
He's not talking about fear. He's talking about a relationship with God. He brought you out of slavery, and then he gave you a choice. Now, here's the thing. Here's your choice. Everyone has the misconception. I did. You did. It don't matter. We all had the misconception that, that uh, when we got, we got into the kingdom of God, we got water baptized, we got the Holy Ghost. Man, every problem we ever had was going to go away. Raise your hand. Man, it was so good. Oh, it was good. Hey, when I got the Holy Ghost, I, could, I couldn't talk English for about two days. I'm serious. I called my aunt. I called Brother Shelton's mom. She'd been praying for me so long, and uh, I, I picked the phone up. was trying to tell her, Aunt Betty, I got the Holy Ghost. It was just tongues. He brought me out. Amen. He did. But when he brought me out, he gave me a choice. Because, see, the thing is, is that you can go back to the pit that he took you out of. God always gives you a choice. Here's what you've got to understand is that you're going to serve something. Oh, yeah, we're preaching right now. You're going to serve something. You're going to serve God or mammon. This world, this age, you're going to do one or two. One or the other. You're not going to serve yourself. You're going to serve mammon. You got one choice. Serve God or you're going to serve the world. But the difference between a slave and a servant is relationship. Whew. God, when he brings you out, he gives you the opportunity, Brother Evans, to become a servant of God in the kingdom of heaven or going back and being a slave to the things that he just brought you out of. See, here's what we do. We want to focus because this this is just who we are these days. We want to focus on the fear. I got fear. I need to be delivered of fear. I need to get fear out of my life. When reality is, what we need to do is, we need to focus on our relationship with God. And if you get that right, then your fear problem will not be a fear problem. My, my, my. You're going to have a choice. You're going to be either a slave or a servant. One of the two. The choice is yours. But in order to have no fear, N-O, you got a K-N-O-W, no fear. You've got to understand where the fear is coming from. The phobia that you've got, the fear of rejection, the fear of shame, all of that is not coming from, from God. That's coming from your emotions due to the relationship and the location that you are to God. The closer you get to God. Oh, somebody help me preach. I said, the closer I got to God, the more I saw Him, the more I magnified Him, the closer I got to Him, the more I could see His goodness, His mercy, His kindness. We are adopted, adopted, sons of God. I've had the unique privilege of adopting two sons. So I can tell you, I just tell you without a fact, that it is probably, I, I, I've never, never had a child naturally yet, but I don't think that there could be any difference in adopting a child versus having a child naturally. Because basically, Isaac, what you do is when you adopt is they take the child that you're going to adopt and they put them in a room where there's toys, put them in an element that they're comfortable with, and then they open that door and let you go in and meet 
that child. So in, the, in a matter of about three paces, one, two, three, you are a dad. He said, whereby you've been adopted, the spirit of adoption. See, ah, my, my. The difference between me being a dad and me not being a dad was my location. Well, when I walked into that room and those boys saw me and turned around, they saw their dad. When you walk into the kingdom, (laughs) and you see your dad, and he sees you, it's just a matter of location that the spirit of adoption, where you were separated, now you are together. Where you didn't have a relationship, instantly you have a relationship. Where you didn't care about the things of God, all of a sudden you care about the things of God. I've come to tell you this morning that there are four things that I've found out about God that once you get into that relationship and you learn these things, you can get to a place where you have no fear. No fear, N-O fear. The first one is, is that God cannot change. Oh, help me preach. I said God can't change. He's been good as long as He's been God. And as long as He is God, He'll be good. He's been on time as long as He's been God. And as long as he is God, he'll be right on time. Somebody help me preach. God's been kind as long as he's been God. He's been caring as long as he's been God. God cannot change. If God changed one iota, one little bit, the least little bit, he would cease to be God. I'm talking to you about the spirit of adoption. When you get into relationship with your father, what then flows down to you? God cannot change. He's a true north. The second thing is God cannot fail. Can I get a witness in the house? God cannot fail. It doesn't matter how dark the day is. God cannot fail. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. God cannot fail. It might seem impossible, but God cannot fail. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody ought to run on that. God cannot fail. I tell you what, if, you, if you're in a possible situation right now, if you're dealing with something that you just don't know why it's going to work out, you ought to take a lap right now and just proclaim God cannot fail. He can't fail. He can't fail. Hallelujah. (laughs) He can't fail. It might look like he did fail, but he can't fail. My, my, my. God can't fail. He cannot fail. Cannot fail. In the end, we win. There's no weapon formed against us. God cannot fail. Rejoice not against me, my enemies. When I'm down, I'm going to yet 
rise again because God cannot fail. God can't fail. Third thing, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. People, oh Lord, the check is in the mail. That check's good. People can lie to your face. Brother Rob, talking about like just, you know, oh, I believe you. They're lying. They don't even own checks. <laughs> Tell me, run a business these days, you got to hound some folks every once in a while. Like, you owe me? We're going to court. I don't you know what. People lie. But God. God cannot lie. One of the greatest things that I've found in my life is that if I can find it <laughs> in this book, this book is eternal, never changing. Matter of fact, the book itself says that if one jot or one little tittle, one little mark of it were to fall away and fade away, then it would make the whole thing of none effect. God cannot lie. God's word will see you through. God's word will see you through the worst day of your life. God's word will see you through where there's no way. You don't see a way to make it through. But God's word will see you through. Because God cannot lie. Let God be true. And every man a liar. God cannot lie. And then last, the fourth thing that I've learned about God, and this is probably the hardest lesson that I've ever learned about God, because you've got to go through some stuff. I mean some stuff to learn this one. You ready? Nathan, God cannot be surprised. Oh, I wish you'd help me preach. It don't matter what you're going through. He saw it before you even got there. Before, <laughs> I got one witness in the back right now. Before you even got to the trouble, God knew. Before you even recognized that there was trouble, God knew. God cannot be surprised, ever. <laughs> How comforting is that? God cannot change. God cannot change. He cannot lie. He cannot be surprised. When you know those things, what it does is it wants, you, wants to make you get so close to God. It makes you want to walk those three steps and get into relationship with Him because when you know those four things about God, you know that you're getting into a relationship with somebody that's going to take care of you. You know you're getting close enough to somebody that they're going to have your best interest at heart every single time. I had a, you know, so over the course of, uh, of 20 years of ministry, you can get some pretty uh, 
odd, I was about to say crazy, you get some odd questions come up every once in a while. And uh, sometimes, I'm just going to tell you, you know, there's some of them that, that you, you can get stumped on. Everybody, anybody ever been stumped on? You know, somebody asks you a question, you're like, uh, 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 man, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I don't know. That's a good question. I got that same question right now. Your question is my question. Anybody ever been in there? <laughs> you deal with people long enough, you'll get a few questions. You're just like, boy, Holmes, I don't know where you got that from. That's a good question. That's my question right now. A couple of years ago, I got probably <clears throat> the one question that has stumped me. And I mean, it just flat, where I was just like, I mean, I, I couldn't even say, uh, just, just yeah, so, I, neighbor lady called over, and uh mine and talked to me, I said, okay, you know, she said, uh, my boy's got a question for you, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm thinking, the dogs go to heaven. I mean, tee me up something easy, right? This kid's like eight years old. Gets on the phone. He said, Brother Mike, I want to know, uh, how, can, how is God perfect? <laughs> Y'all got the answer? <laughs> Y'all waiting on the answer now, aren't you? All of, a, all of a sudden, that little boy questioned your question now, right? Our question. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, seriously, I'm like stumped. And I was just about, Brother Middleton, to say, man, I'm going to have to pray about that and call you back. And as much as ego death as that was, that eight, right, eight-year-old done stumped me. I mean, I, you know, I got a license. You know, right, I'm a preacher, preacher man, and here the eight-year-old done busted off, like, how's God? All right, man, I don't know, I, right? So I'm like, I mean, I am, it's coming out of my mouth. I'm going to have to pray about that and call you back. So I, I said, I called the kid's name, and I said, uh, man, I'm going to have, you know, I said, uh, that's a great question. And as soon as I did that, Brandon, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And the Spirit of God said, I am perfect because my motive is always love. And the difference between you and me is you can't say that. Honey, even when it looks bad, God loves. Even when you've prayed for it one way, but he brought it to pass another way, God loves. Even when you lose it all, God loves. When you got it all, God loves. Well, I wish I had a preaching church up in here right now. Brother Lewis, even when it looks dark, God loves you. When you can't see the light of day, God loves you. When you don't want to pray, God loves you. When you don't feel like going out of the house, God loves you. When you don't feel like dealing with people, God loves you. When you don't feel like messing around with your boss, God loves you. When you don't feel like being the boss, God loves you. God loves. God cannot change. He cannot lie. And he's never surprised. It's a choice. You're going to serve him or go back to slavery. 
I'm closing. Second Timothy chapter 1 says it like this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lewis and thy mother Eunice. I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. See what fear does, the response to fear is always one of two things, flee or freeze. Moses was a runner. Moses was a runner. He killed a man. They found out about it. Out to the desert. Because he was scared with a K. Moses was a runner. Oh, if you if you're a runner by nature, that's why the scripture says, stand still. That's why that's why God told said they looked bad. He was about to run. When the Egyptians were, were coming fast up on him, and, the, and Moses is like, hey, what are we going to do here? God said, stand still. Because Moses was about to get up and leave. Because that's what he do. Moses was a runner. And God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, some of us are freezers. Brother, you hit it. You've been looking at my notes. You scare a possum. Do y'all know what a possum is? Brother Middleton, a second ago, he's like, you're going to have to explain something. He said, uh, those folks don't even know what a minnow is. So a minnow is a small fish. So when we say Moby Dick was a minnow, that since Moby Dick was a small fish, was a baby fish, right? Y'all know what a possum is? It's an opossum, yeah. It's just in the south we dropped the O because that's too many vowels. <laughs> Got to keep it simple. A possum, you scare a possum, and a possum will, I mean, it's like, they're, it, they're just frozen. They will do. They won't. Their eyes won't even move. Has anyone ever seen a frozen possum before? It's like really scary. When they play possum, Lord have mercy. I mean, they just they freeze. And I'm gonna tell you that the that the trick and the intent of the enemy in your life is to get you separated from God so that the emotion of fear will get into you and you will you will absolutely freeze you'll do nothing fear paralyzes and for most of us, when we get separated from a God that cannot change, a God that's love, a God that cannot lie, a God that's never been surprised, when we get separated from Him, our first response is, we're going to freeze. We're not going to do anything. We're not going. That's why Paul, Paul was a freezer. Because he said, the things I want to do, I can't do those. But the things I shouldn't do, 
That's me. And, and he wanted to freeze. But the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And the Greek word there is timidity. And it literally means to be timid, to be frozen, to not want to do anything. But he said, God gave us a spirit of power. The way he did that is, is it's the same Greek word when they told the the disciples to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father because when that comes, you're going to be endued with power from on high. See, when you got the Holy Ghost, you got the ability to not freeze. If you know fear, K-N-O-W, you can have no fear because you know that the one that you're close to, the one that you're in relationship with, all power, not just the power you know about, but all power is given unto Him. The way a spirit of power gets on you is that you get close enough to the one that's got all power. The Bible says that God is love. I would submit to you that you can't love without God. Especially some folk. The only way you can love the only way you can love your neighbor is God cuz your neighbor is not like you. That's the definition of a neighbor. They don't live in your house. The folks that live in your house, you got to love them. Well, you should love them. Let me let me let me wind that back a little bit. But God is love. So if you the closer you get to God, the more you can love. The more that your motive in everything that you do can be love. The reason people irritate you is not people. Just let that settle in a little bit. I said the people, the reason that folks irritate you is not the other folks. That's good preaching. That's tight, but it's right. I hear a lot of you. <laughs> the reason that you don't like people is you. <laughs> Woo! I said the reason you don't have patience with people is you. I said the reason that you've got a sharp word for people is you. The reason you can't stand to be around some folks is not them. They're idiots. But they've been idiots. The reason you can't stand to be around them is you. And the problem is, is how close you are standing to God. If you're in relationship with Him, folks just don't get under a close relationship with you. Folks just don't get under your skin as much. I'm for it. I know that's not, that's, that's me, right? So let me just say it like this. I'm trying to quit. When I don't pray for about a week, now I know y'all pray every day. I know y'all pray every day, twice on Sunday. When I don't pray a week, y'all, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this right now, okay? Most people that live east of the Mississippi, y'all drive, like I mean, before I got out here, I drove normal. Y'all are crazy. I mean, it's like NASCAR without the cameras and the sponsors. For real. It's for real. I mean, you, you'd be following somebody that far and, you know, somebody would flip their blinker in and just right, just right in front of you. Like make a hole. 
If I'm not, if I hadn't prayed for a week, or let's just say it's eight days, and somebody does that, now I'm just talking about me. All of y'all are like, "Oh, bless you. Take this. Take, take please cut in front of me." Because I know y'all are praying every day and twice on Sunday, right? I'm just talking about me. I mean, somebody does that, and I'm like, and I hadn't, and Sister Middleton, I'm not prayed up, and I mean, it's the truth, and I mean, man, I'm like blowing on the horn. I mean, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything, but I'm thinking all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't be. Now, you know it's true. Y'all are all laughing at me. You're all laughing at me. But you're laughing at me because you know that I'm hitting you. I'm just talking about driving. I'm not even talking about picking up clothes around the house. Or dirty dishes. Leanne has figured out Baby girl told me the other day, she said, I didn't realize till we got married that uh, the first step in washing any dish is you got to have, I mean, any, any dish that's dirty, you got to have, you absolutely must have a soak time for that dish. Can I get an amen out of every man in here? I finish a coffee cup, it goes in the sink, I put a little water on it, it's got to soak. to soak that thing. I mean, it's just me or Alan, you, I appreciate that. You got to soak it. You want to get a dish clean, you need to soak it before you put it in the dishwasher. Well, baby girl's like, well, all I got to do is, you know, you know, pour it out and then I, I got to get my hands wet and I got to pour it out and then I got to put it in a dishwasher and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to work with you here. I'm, I'm doing the first step. It was making me pray a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm trying to do my part. That's just, that's just, that's just, I'm sure that no one else has, any, this is just me. That if you, you know, you, you in the same spot, same place, I mean, you know, your co, I'm sure y'all love all your coworkers. And they're clean and neat. And don't come into your office trying to chat when you got a hundred thousand things to do. Right? Here's what I've learned. This ain't about me. I mean, it's not, it's not about them. It's about me. When I find myself impatient, when I find myself that I just, you know, I've got a sharp word or a criticism or whatever, that's me. I can listen to what comes out of my mouth and know how close I am to him. You can too. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Nothing ever comes out of your mouth that's not in your heart, that's not in you. Or you can say, oh, I just said that flippantly. No, 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 no. The book says, let me remind you, God cannot lie. If you find it in that book, it'd be 100% now. It'd be 100% 100 years from now, 100% 1,000 years from now. As long as man is on this earth, that book will be 100%. And the book says that if it comes out of your mouth, it was in your heart. God is love. When you don't love, God gives you the spirit of love. And when you don't love people, the problem is you're not close enough to God. When you can't love people, people's not the problem. You got a God problem. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Finally, a sound mind. He gave you the spirit of a sound mind. What that really means is he gave you a disciplined mind. See, this is, this is what happens. When you get into the kingdom of God, you, you get delivered from the bondage of the world. I'm summing up now. Who's, who's helping me? When you get into the kingdom of God, God delivers you from the bondage that you were under. You were a servant of sin. You were a slave unto sin. God got you into the kingdom. And when he birthed you into the kingdom, when he removed that bondage, he also brought you into relationship with him as a son and gave you the opportunity to engage with him as a son and a father would. And if you do that, God will deliver you from fear. It is your relationship with him that makes that is the depending factor of whether you've got fear in your life. When he delivered you from this world, he gave you the opportunity to be delivered from the fear that you've always known. Fear causes fleeing or freezing. And the way that God has set things up is that in order to become into relationship with Him, in order to grow in relationship with Him, I would submit to you that this scripture that we just read is a progression. When I first got into the kingdom, I knew that God was love. But I had trouble with the fact of God loving me. I knew the mental ascent that God was love. And I believed God loved everybody that was in the church. But I had a hard time believing that God loved me. So the first thing that God does is that He gave me the power to be birthed into the kingdom. When you received the Holy Ghost, you received everything that you would need. All of the power that you would ever need. You received access. Watch me. You received access to all the power that you would ever need to live for God and be who God has called you to be. You received access. He brought you up to the place that you could get whatever you needed to get. And for most of us, when we got that, it was like, okay, this feels pretty good. And so you grow a little bit in that power. But then all of a sudden, you'll trip up a little bit. And the reason you trip up is, is because you've not grown to a place, Isaac, that you come into relationship with God as a son and understand His love. And God places the spirit of love in your life. And that begins to grow to where that Every motive that you have, that you act on, God begins to challenge you through your conscience. Did you act in love? Now, let's just be real. You ain't prayed in nine days. Somebody cuts you off. You, you know, do what we all do. By the time you get home, maybe this is just me. But by the time I get home, I mean the Holy Ghost has worked me over on the front side, the back side, both sides, underneath, the top. And what I, and what I didn't feel like doing nine days, I 
I find a place to come back into relationship with Him. Then lastly, once God equips you to where that you can live and walk in love, that's where He gives you the spirit of a sound mind where that you can become disciplined in your thoughts. See, I'm going to tell you a little secret. When God calls you out of darkness into His marvelous light, there are certain things that God expects when you grow up to be, to be done. Right? And no man or woman can get called out of darkness into His marvelous light and begin to live a holy, separated life out of a disciplined mind. You do that out of your flesh. It's only after God's love, you finding that love that empowers you to get close enough to Him that your mind, you're so hid in God that your thoughts instantly begin to be compared against the Word of God and the Spirit of God. This morning, I would simply invite you that if you've never experienced the wonderful baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is the Spirit of God inside of you, if you've never experienced that with evidence of speaking in tongues, we want to pray with you. We want to invite you. God, God will begin you on that, this journey that I've talked about this morning. Matter of fact, I believe it's so strong. I believe anybody in here that if, if you want the Holy Ghost in about two or three minutes, if you come down here and let us pray with you, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. I believe He's that good. And I believe He's got that much power. There's another group here that I would invite you that maybe you've allowed a little bit of distance come in between you and God and now you look back and you see fear operating in your life that you are fearful of this or fearful of that and I'd like to invite you this morning to come to this altar and to be renewed in your relationship with God to draw close back to God and let God in His love and in His character be the Father to you that allows there to be no fear in you. The preacher said this in Ecclesiastes. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. Fear there is a healthy fear, but it is a fear and an awe of Him, not of this world. Would you stand with me right now? In the name of Jesus, this altar is open. Let's come and find the Lord. Let's come and seek the Lord with you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on, church. Let's find someone to pray with if you're not needing to pray for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's seek the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, sweep in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. I am a child of God. I'm no longer.